in a world of iconic riffs, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural growls, the debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is the Great Metal Standoff. Thank you very much, voiceover guy. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community, my name is Jason Evans, and this is The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track-by-track combat. Now, on this edition of the show, it's episode five, so I thought I'd do something a little bit special, something a little bit differently. Normally, on this show, I put some of the world's most beloved albums against each other in track-by-track combat. Today, we're going to do a complete 180. Now, you see, we'll start all this off with a little quick story. On the very first episode of the show, myself and bass player from local Melbourne death metal band Iscarian Reese pitted arguably the best Metallica album in Master of Puppets against Megadeth's best album, Rust in Peace. Back on episode three... I invited Stefan Bradley of the Rock Capital podcast for a battle. And after we stopped recording, Stefan had informed me that in 2013, he had written and published a review on what he believes to be Megadeth's worst album ever, Super Collider. Later on down the line, Stefan hosted a discussion on his Rock Capital podcast with Reese and an additional guest named Ryan, where they talked about what they believed was the worst albums they had ever heard. And on that show... Reese was actually making a case in defence for what I believe is Metallica's worst album, Saint Anger. So as far as I can tell, the stage is set. For the second time on the Great Metal Standoff, Metallica and Megadeth are going to lock horns once again. But this time, it is a battle between each band's weakest title in their discography, Saint Anger and Super Collider. And Reese and Stefan are coming along for the ride. But first, the rules. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to the individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it with a gold star. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist's tally score results in a draw... Both albums will receive half a grand point each. The album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. Alright, it is Metallica vs. Megadeth once again here on the show, Saint Anger vs. Super Collider. The battle to find out which album is... well, the least worse. Who will win? Make your predictions now. It's time to roll the audio. Okay, we are covering different ground right now on the Great Metal Standoff. I've got previous guests on the show, uh, Reese and Stefan, you've both been on the show before. Yes. Now we're on the show together. Welcome back. And I'm a bit jealous. Why? I'm excited for a three-person discussion, actually. I want Jason to be my true friend, and you're in the way, so... Oh, is this like, is this like physically, like, I'm in the centre between you two? Yes. So, you know, the Great Metal standoff is actually just going to become, um, a big, uh, a big fight between who's Jason's better friend, and it is obviously me. Right, okay. Okay, so how do you feel about this, Jason? How do you feel about uh, this jealousy in Twine? I'm surprised he is jealous, to be perfectly honest, because the whole point of the Great Metal Standoff was to try and get a three-person discussion into the same room at the same time, so I'm quite happy <laughs> that you were both able to turn up, to be perfectly honest. 
Either way, so on this edition of the Great Metal Standoff, we've decided to um, do something that Reese and I did on the very first episode where we discussed uh, Master of Puppets and Russ and Peace, Metallica's and Megadeth's two best albums. Great albums. Now we're going to be talking about their two worst albums and finding out which one is the least worse. And plus, we have an extra an opinion on this, Jason. We've Ab- got Mr. Stefan Bradley from Rock Capital. Yes. Hello. And uh, I find it interesting um, that uh, both of you, although I would agree too, we all seem to agree that Sane Anger and Super Collider are the worst albums by these two bands. Is that agreed, or is it... It took you convincing me a little bit, because when I originally pitched for a Sane Anger v. Bad Megadeth album, I was originally going to pitch Risk from 1999. Um, but you two actually convinced me to do Super Collider. Why is that? I think the truth is, for, for a start, um, there are so many Megadeth albums, and I haven't even listened to all of them. Probably not even... How many are there? Like 20 at this point? Look, I reckon Super Collider probably hits rock bottom because... For Megadeth, at least, because... I mean, like, you could say Risk, because it's doing the same thing as Super Collider, but it sort of... Super Collider doesn't get... To this, to that sort of like corny edge of risk. And my so. easy answer is I haven't actually listened to Risk. So. You haven't listened to Risk. You haven't listened oh. to Risk. No, because so, if it's supposed to be a bad album, but with this one, I got a review copy of it. Uh, maybe, maybe Jason, we can link the original review I did on on the Facebook page. Sure. For this website, and they sent me the CD and uh, Reese and a guy that we'll refer to as Megafan because that's what I call him in the article. Yes. Reese and Megafan came over and we had a listing party. It was Megafan's idea to have a listing party. He liked the previous Megadeth album, 13, yeah. and yeah. all their other stuff. So he, it was kind of funny watching him have a bit of a meltdown while Did we were Did he have playing. a meltdown? Yeah, yeah. He, he was having beers while we were listening to this as well. So, right. he, of course, the meltdown was eminent. Eminent? Eminent. Goodness gracious. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. That's I would say that's the other reason why is, one, I can... You know, obviously, I've listened to Super Collider, and I know it well. I've reviewed it. Yep. And, um, you did review it. It's at thedwarf.com.au. We'll leave you a link at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod. Exactly. So I wouldn't have, probably would have not have been able to do Risk until I had like a decent amount of time listening to it. And plus, this one's recent, and yeah, both okay. me and Reese have literally gone to a listening party listen to it. Okay, so it and makes just sense. to confirm again, you say it shouldn't be Risk because they're a bit. it's a bit more of a cheesy album where Super Collider's a bit more of a serious... It achieves <laughs> its um, goal better than Super Collider. Oh, okay. Was Risk actually a bad album, or is it just that it's, it's one of those things where it's not its not the Megadeth album that people wanted, but the songs themselves are actually not bad? Uh, what you said, n- number t- the second option is what, yeah. Because, um, little fun fact about Risk. Yeah. Marty Friedman, guitarist yes. of Megadeth, very well-renowned re- guitarist. He's considered one of the, the best... People keep guitar player in their lineup at the time. People keep assuming because he left straight after Risk. Yes, to pursue to, J-pop. Yeah, people thought it was because Risk was because it was so poppy. They thought he was very displeased with the direction of Megadeth. Not true. That would have been his decision, wouldn't it? Yeah, not true. He he actually said recording Risk was actually a lot of fun. Okay. So he didn't leave because of the direction they took. He, he probably just left just to pursue solo stuff. Right. And J-pop because now so, he, he writes. He plays with guitar chords that are way too complicated for mere mortals like us. Those hands. Yes. Those hands. But God damn it, I'm very jealous of... I wish I could have Marty Friedman's skill on guitar. He's bloody brilliant. Anyway. Probably Mustang too. <laughs> and Mustang too, yeah. That's probably why they were the perfect duo in the 90s. Oh, yes. However, the Megadeth legendary lineup did consist of Dave Mustaine, Dave Elfson, Marty Friedman, and Nick Menza. 
fast forward all the way to 2013, it's very, very different for Megadeth. Yes, very different. And the lineup for Super Collider shall be Dave Mustaine on lead vocals and lead guitar. Yep. Um, Dave Allison on the bass, Chris Broderick on lead guitar, and Sean Drover on drums and percussion. What are your thoughts on Broderick? Because he was soon replaced after this album by Kiko, who was on who played on Dystopia three years later. Broderick's very distinctive with his sweeping techniques on okay. the guitar. So he, you constantly see him doing a lot of sweeping, a lot of technical stuff, right. not a lot of feel stuff. Like Marty Freeman was able to sort of swing past technical and feel. Okay. Broderick's more technical. Like right. hitting the notes on time, making sure his fingers are in the right place at the right time. Stefan, what do you think of this lineup? You know, you can go onto the uh, booklet actually, and you can see which which of the two guitarists wrote each solo. Um, and you know, even we got the Wikipedia page in front of us, and we can see uh, who who worked on some of the music. But I feel like um, if I if I think of Dave Mustaine as a director, um, you know, or, or producer, I guess in this music in the music sense, you know, maybe he didn't give. They both didn't really have a chance to shine and have really amazing solos, as you would like for a Megadeth album. Um, although I, I will say, um, you know, they had a bit of a Van Halen moment on Burn, where they opened with that little solo. <laughs> we'll get to that yeah, when we'll we get, get to, to that. that yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and with all that Megadeth talk, we go over to 2003 land where Metallica, the kings of metal, they've come off the load and reload period. They've performed with a symphony and they've sued Napster. And Jason Newstead ended up stepping off. Yes. And now they come out with Saint Anger. Oh yes. Wow, very, very interesting time for Metallica. Um, so the lineup for that album was Headfield on rhythm guitar and vocals. You got Hammond on on lead gu- guitar. No, no lead guitar. There was no lead guitar because there was no solo. Co- but just guitar. So co-rhythm. <laughs> co-rhythm. Co-rhythm guitar. And Lars on the tins. But there was still some leads though, wasn't there? There's the odd. There's few. the odd. Yeah. There's, yeah. The odd there's, few. there's an odd few, but still. And then you have Lars on the tins. On the tins. <laughs> we'll get to and that. And then who actually performed bass on the album was Bob Rock, the producer. Their producer at the time. Yes. It was in, so like we said, Jason Newstead, their bassist at the time, had opted to step away from Metallica citing, uh, was it creative frustrations or just exhaustion? Originally he cited injury. Okay. But then as we sort of move along, we sort of realized that it be, did become a little personal. There was some tension. There was a lot of tension between him and um, Mr. Papa Head. Yeah, it was due to um, Newstead wanting to pursue um, another Others. band prospect called Echo Brain. Correct? Yeah, he did, Echo he did Brain. pursue it, but Headfield was like, you know, you're in Metallica. Stay in Metallica. Yeah. So James Headfield is really not a fan of side projects for whatever yes. reason. Yeah, but he did do him eventually. He did do a solo show. James like, Headfield? Yeah, in s- not too long ago, but... Mid two thousand tens. Those are all kind of small. You know, you think of all the yeah. artists who have, you know, big side projects or anything. So Mark Tremonti. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think I don't think um, James Hetfield or anyone else from Metallica um, has really have any major side projects. Maybe Trujillo because he did Suicidal Tendencies in Aussie. But well, oh, yeah, but I think he that wasn't was pre Metallica. Oh yeah, yeah it was yeah. pre Metallica. He wouldn't. He, they wouldn't be able to do that now because they really. Um, for them, it's like, once you're in Metallica, you're in Metallica. James Heffel's always yeah. like, Newstead, nobody can leave Metallica. <laughs> I'm assuming you guys have both watched Some Kind of Monster. I've yes. watched most of Some Kind of Monster. I love that's that another, documentary. That's another reason, a good reason to check into the backstory of Saint Egg, because you see the creative, ten- the tension within the three of them after Newstead's departure, and also the culmination of James Hetfield's alcohol abuse, which ended up... Uh, facilitating in a medical rehab centre for a good nine months in 2001 in the middle of making that album. Yes. It, um, 
Now, you'll probably bring up um, a similar podcast that was done not too long ago called yes, so Metal Sludge Match, which was um, hosted by Rock Capital. Here. Yeah, That's he right, hosts yeah. another program um, called Rock Capital, and he had Reese himself on and a, and a mutual friend of theirs named uh, Ryan. Ryan. So mm. what was brought up was um, that what was behind the making of the album shouldn't affect what you hear, but I think it should. I mean, like, so much happened in St. Anger period. It's on a case-by-case basis when it comes to these things. Okay. Um, you know, it, it depends on, you know, this is not... Metallica's first rodeo when it comes to making music. They released Bob Rock produced with them the Black Album. Yeah. And many metal fans or any many music, musicians say that's one of the greatest sounding, well produced albums ever made. Yeah. So it's like, was Bob Rock too busy playing bass to bloody produce this thing? <laughs> <laughs> well Well, we'll get into it. With all that backstory considered, I think it's time to turn our attention to the timekeeper in the middle of the studio. Hi, timekeeper. Is he? Hi, he's time. waving back. He's very pleased to be here. He's, he, I don't think he's looking forward to this one because we've been talking a bit negatively about oh, it. Oh, he's telling us to hurry up. Okay, fine. Okay, no, no he wants more time, actually. He, yeah, he wants Sorry about that, timekeeper, but uh, I think it's it's time to begin. St. Anger versus Super Collider. Could you please ring the bell? Thank you very much. Okay, the battle is on. Starting off with track one, Frantic versus Kingmaker. You want to start, Reese? I think my, we'll start with the musician. My the choice, soul. my official choice. Drum roll, please. No, no, no. Don't do the drum roll. It's fine. I could, um, I could try if you like. No, nah, because let's go with that. We'll go. We'll go with the papers. Kingmaker. 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 Right. Okay. Kingmaker is my choice. My official reason is because um, the riffs in it are awesome. The lyrics in Kingmaker are very deep. Actually, it's about. You know, yes. actually, addiction to painkillers. Yeah, he was discussing the opioid epidemic that was going on. Yeah. And it's kind of is still going on. And I found States. those lyrics to be very, you know, relatable in a way. You know, just like, you know, Mustaine's actually writing about something. Yes, he, can, he, he has yeah. overcome um, a lot of... Compared to Frantic... Um, tick, 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 Yeah, the tick, 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 tick talks, talk. The tick talks put me off. The timekeeper likes that one, though. Yeah, I guess so. He, he's oh, well. he's bashing along to the bell somehow, but yes. I've turned his microphone off, so calm down, yeah, mate. You yeah, there, can mate. you calm down? I will uh, I will absolutely agree with everything you said, Reese, and it easily has to be Kingmaker, because I think Kingmaker is actually... I mean, it's probably the best song on both albums. Um, best song of both Ooh, that's albums? A big, that's a big statement. Right out of the gate, you're saying song of the album. Yes, but it's better than anything on St. Anger. It's better than anything on wow. anything else on Super Collider, in my opinion. What do you think of the bass at the start, Reese? Ellison proves he's got some chops in Kingmaker, actually. I liked his bass playing in Kingmaker. Yeah. He, he does, he's one of the best underrated bass players in the metal business, basically. Because he's got technique, and he's always, you know, upbeat about everything he does. So everything he does is for a reason, so you always got to trust Allison. He a uses way. a pick, and Reese, you basically, well, based on what I know about you, is you basically refuse to use a pick when you play bass. Yeah. Just for quick, quick context sake, Reese is a bass player for a local metal death metal band, Ascarian. Hey. And he seems <laughs> to refuse to use a pick when he plays. No, I, I refuse really? to use a pick, yeah. Okay, why is that? Um, I'm used to my fingers, right. and um, the it, it gets difficult. Because either Does you're it? good with your wrist or you're good with your, your fingers, basically. So Okay, right. So I chose my fingers. Uh, my personal opinion, I'm, I'm definitely taking Kingmaker too. Frantic is oh. definitely not a favourite of mine. Yeah. Tick, 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 tock. And, it's, <laughs> and right out of the gate, 
And right out of the gate, Lars sounds like he's banging on bin lids, and I'm like, nah, I'm out. Kingmaker. Yeah. Oh, Kingmaker. I will say about both songs live, so there's lots of footage. Even just recently, uh, Metallica played Frantic Live. And they when it, and when, started busting those songs out. Yeah, when they, they play... They're not afraid the, anymore. The live mix without the, uh, the the tin cans, it sounds a lot better, and sometimes they would add solos to some of these songs as well. Yes, they would. Sounds good. And I also saw Megadeth live a few years ago, and I also opened with... They, sorry, I didn't open with, but they did play Kingmaker. Mm-hmm. One of the two songs from that album, they played Kingmaker, and they also played the Cold Sweat cover, and they also played the single from Dystopia, which hadn't come out at that time. Wow. And Kingmaker was great, you know. Um, so, you know, I hope they keep playing that song live, because I think, you know, there's got to be one good thing that comes from, from this album. I and guess it's so. definitely Kingmaker. I reckon Maker. a couple of th- good things come from this album, I'm not, to be mm. honest. I'd like to also give one more honourable mention to Frantic, at least in the pre-chorus, so James is singing, keep on searching. Well, that was a bad voice crack with a and the search goes on. That sounds that nice. That was a pretty good... That sounds nice. Extra. He sounds nice. It was a nice change-up. I do think Frantic is one of the better songs of St. Anger, though. You know, despite the Frantic tick-tick-tick-tock thing, I agree. most of the song is actually pretty good compared to the rest of it. So, you know, this these were two of the... Uh, this is bad for for St. For Anger album because Frantic is definitely one of their better songs. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, it's 1-0 across the board in favour of Megadeth. Track 2, St. Anger versus Super Collider. Both title tracks going at it. This and pl- an both properly placed, basically, between both and both. Okay. So, who goes first? Uh, um, I'm going to just say this is an easy decision. It has to be St. Anger, because... Um, really? <clears throat> Super Collider, this was... Oh, I'm losing my voice. I'm becoming like Dave Mustaine now in his old age. Oh, no. <laughs> um, which is part of the problem for this, for this song. This was the first single, and a lot of people were making fun of it um, when it came out, because... You know, a recurring thing from online comments, and I wrote this in my review too, is that this kind of sounds like a low tier, low tier, low tier Bon Jovi song. Um, <laughs> bon Jovi, oh, wow. B, B side. Now, I love Bon Jovi. I don't mind. Bon Jovi You're a massive myself. fan of Bon Jovi. I mean, their their new stuff is pretty bland too. Um, I must say, but you know, um, this the problem. The problem with that statement, well, I mean, to make to make us even even worse, is that John Bon Jovi, of course, has a good singing voice. And Dave Mustaine does not. So when you have like a Bon Jovi sounding song, you know, you have the guitar is kind of average and dull and boring. And the solo even sounds like a Richie Sambora solo. But then you have Dave Mustaine's vocals, which when I listened to it again for, you know, in preparation for this podcast, I was like, wow, his vocals are even worse than I remember. (laughs) Whereas I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting like a criticism sandwich where you say a compliment, then the criticism then another compliment, but no, straight off the bat, he's worse than no. No, there was there was nothing really. To, there's nothing really to like it. It's not really a good Megadeth song. It's not a good Bon Jovi song. It's not a good alternative rock song, really, because the vocals are bad and the song itself is, I don't think, that interesting. Whereas <laughs> Saint Anger, you know, all the um, any good ideas I had on Saint Anger is, I think, in the title track. Obviously, you can't escape the um, the bad production with the tin can drums, but um, I think the song overall is good. It's got a good opening riff. Yep. It has a weird switch from the build-up and then into the verse. Yes. You're talking about Saint Anger? Saint Anger, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, and the chorus is definitely <laughs> very easily singable. Yeah. It does get stuck in your head. Uh, but I must admit, there's no solos on Saint Anger, and I really enjoyed the Super Collider solo, to oh. be perfectly frank. <laughs> are you going to pick Super Collider I'm on actually, that? Genuinely, I was oh, going oh. to pick Super Collider, actually. All right, you pick so it, man. Yeah. 
I think, but was I? Ooh, then again, I'm actually, actually. Oh, I'm you're deciding right now, aren't you? Ooh. I'm questioning myself again because I enjoy the solo, but I, in my opinion, it kind of only saves it because Mustaine sounds really snarly. Okay, so I'll I'll say my opinion. So yes, to help you. I'm gonna pick um, Saint Anger. Okay. And the reason for that is because, um, yes, you're right, Jason. There is no solos. In fact, yes. we'll probably bring that up a lot more in this episode. That there are barely any, like, yeah, you know. Deviants from rhythm, but um, super collider. Um, the lyrics and the vocals did it for me. I mean, it's just <laughs> really bland and really, you know, I'm just yeah. Can you feel that? that's a Is good that impression? Kind of that's yeah, probably yeah, my impression. Yeah. So it's uh, probably not going to sound good for audio, but in uh, terms well. of depth, in terms of lyrics, and well, okay, music. There's a rhythm at least. Yes, and there is some actually good lyrics. So I'm picking um, Sananga on the basis of that. You've just reminded me why what I said about a minute ago was a brain fade. Yeah, I was always going to pick Sananga. I just reminded myself of the you were always solo. Pick. I was always going to pick it. I just realized. But the Super Collider solo, I did enjoy. Is, is this a good time to... Because both t- the title tracks allude to the cover art. Is okay. this a good time to compare both? Sure, you can mention the so, cover art. What do you like about the cover art? So, I think they're both actually really great. Um, so, you know, you have the Super Collider one, which is whatever that science thing is. I don't know. I don't yeah. know anything about that. And you can kind of see what's uh, Rattlehead. That's his name, right? The um, What's the Megadeth mascot called? Rattlehead. Yeah, Rattlehead. So, you can right. kind of see him in that... Uh, I don't know. Is that supposed to be like a black hole in the Collider? I don't know. I don't know anything about this stuff. Neither do I. <laughs> um, it looks pretty cool. The color is nice. But I think the fact that it's kind of associated with the title track, um, <laughs> you know, plus in the, it's actually a photo that's kind of been um, mucked around with a bit. Um, whereas the Saint Anger one is, a, I don't know who did it, but it's a piece of art and it's kind of iconic. And in the Guitar Hero Metallica, infamously though, yeah, they use it. They yeah. they use it as. Um, okay. So I think that the Saint Anger one is um, is very is a very good one. I think it does sum up the album. All right, across the board, we've Sorry, gone 1-1. One, one. All three of us have agreed on, on all the songs at the moment. It might separate a little bit, or we never know, but track three, Some Kind of Monster versus Burn. This one was easy. This one was e- easy, was it? I'm not going to lie. Some but, Kind of Monster. Okay. Did Some you, Kind of Monster. Sorry, before you go on, did you pick which artwork did you pick, Reese? Oh, oh, shit, we were supposed to... Do- oh, no, I... Oh, Don't worry, I want, I'm, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Just keep okay. it low. Um, so uh, I w- I'm going to choose Sananga. Yep. Yep. So for the reasons I said, or yes, and it's just um, and I I found this one just I don't know there was uh, I don't know I just I think like in terms of like relating to the subject better I think Metallica's artwork was better right than me- whatever the thing was in Megadeth's artwork I just don't know what the hell that is <laughs> okay well there you go um, what do you think Jason uh, I'm pretty <laughs> different to both of cover arts to be perfectly honest I don't know it's, I'm pretty indifferent pretty doesn't really fl- bother to me a pretty flat air eh, from you it's pretty a flat air eh, yeah okay. to be perfectly frank some kind of monster versus burn you said right out of the gate some kind of monster okay race. I chose some kind of monster because I, okay I liked you know when Headfield blasts out like the chorus was really a good build up too I think okay now let's talk about burn shall we and the lyrics <laughs> the lyrics when you hear a metal song with the lyrics, Burn, Baby, Burn, which was brought up in your Dwarf Review, Stefan, actually. And it's, I mean, it's kind of, um, quote-unquote, plagiarising... Um, um, that disco song. Yeah, that disco song. So, when you when you hear that, not only you think, oh, this is, this is a Disney thing, but then you think of that 
Burn Baby Burn, that pop song, that disco song. That's all I'm thinking of. And the sad thing about this is, I think Burn, everything else about Burn, is actually quite good. Really? Like, it has that Van Halen solo at the start. I honestly didn't really listen to the lyrics um, much. What, what are the lyrics about? Uh, burning. Burn. Burning, burning things. According to Mustaine, he is thinking of a hypothetical situation if someone was to get in trouble, what would they do to cover it up? Burn. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That kind of makes it fall flatter for me, It's not as good as the Super Collider backstory, which Dave Mustaine actually stated, just on the previous track, Super Collider, he actually stated that it's one of the very few songs that fell into place in one swoop. And he cited In My Darkest Hour and Use the Man as the other songs that fell, that were the easiest to write, and they all fell in one swoop. <laughs> Well, in the writing process. And you can't compare Super Collider to In My Darkest yeah, Hour. Yeah, I mean, him, him running In My Darkest Hour in one swoop, that's amazing. Him running Super Collider in one is like, uh, whatever. All right. And uh, obviously, but you'd still probably... Would you take Super Collider over Burn if it was... Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I would take Super Collider over Burn any day. I mean, like, as I was saying, Burn Baby Burn, that lyric itself is not only... Plagiarizing, as you mentioned, Stefan, but it's also you're calling plagiarism. Wow. Um, yeah, I said quote unquote, so I'm not. Quote I'm, unquote, I'm, I'm, I'm just right. joking. I'm gonna you're, gonna say, you're implying it. I'm yeah. gonna say it's pretty damn corny for um, Megadeth to be singing about burn, baby, burn. So it, it doesn't score any points with me. Some kind of monster wins big on this round, unfortunately. Some kind of monster for me just feels like there's a reason why the radio edit is half its length. <laughs> Oh, you're, oh, okay. That, is, that so is one long. of its flaws. It's a pretty long song. Yes, the understandable. The song is so long and it takes about a minute 30 for Hetfield comes in. But bear in mind, Burn is a shorter song, right? It is. But it's, it's unbearable. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the riffs on Some Kind of Monster a lot. There are um, I think it's a pretty good tune. Riffs. I'm going to go with Some Kind of Monster. And I, as I was saying about Burn before, besides Ugh. the Burn Baby Burn... Maybe the maybe the lyrics aren't so good too, but I thought like I like I actually do like the Van Halen kind of solo thing at the start, and I think the riffs during the verse are actually pretty good. Um, so I'm I'm kind of saddened that this everything else about this song could have worked if they didn't do, go down that burn baby burn route. I just find it funny that Mustaine made a deal out of that. It's one of the very few songs he says baby in. It. Like who cares if you use the word baby in it? Mustaine. I guess. You yeah. know it's a pop song when you have baby in it. Yep. Or a Led Zeppelin-y song. So you both have gone Some, some Kind, kind of, of Monster. monster. Yep. yep. The problem with me is that I don't care about either of these songs. And if oh, I, so and you I don't c- want to give any of them a you point. You don't want to give I have any to, I have to choose. So I have to... It's Once again, it's finding out which one is the least worse. Okay, so... I'm very tempted points- to say Burn because I just don't like the length of Some Kind of Monster, but... You could base it off that because our reasons were short and Yeah, I guess too. so, but do you know what? There's a reason why Some Kind of Monster was cut in half for the radio for for radio play back in the day and uh i can i'll put up with burn baby burn if it means some kind of monster doesn't get a point so (laughs) i'm only taking burn (sighs) to spite some kind of monster damn but in fairness it gave a good title for a documentary the year later this is our first split it is the first split so two one in favor of super collider on my end where it's two one in favor of metallica for the for my two guests here so it's even yeah well, no, if, no, technically Metallica is in the lead. Okay, just by one point. <laughs> by one point, yes. So if there was a, if we stopped here, the grand total would be 2-1 in favour of Sane Anger, but we're not going to do that. We're going to make it all the way to track 11 because that's what we do because we're good, wholesome people, metalheads. Yes. Dirty Window versus Built for War. To me, uh, Built for War, Built for War, and mm-hmm. um, the only issue I think I would have with that song is, you know, later on where he does that kind of like a war thing. 
Whoa, whoa. Oh, I remember that kind of choir-esque acapella kind of remember, style. I remember when Megafan, I didn't mind that. When Megafan, uh, when we had that listening party, and he was like, this song's all right. And then, you go, then that thing happened. That, that thing happened. He was like, oh, my God. He didn't like it. But you know what? I didn't he like was... it at first, but I actually think it's not that bad now. Now that you listen to it. Yeah. So you're going to give the point to Built for War as yeah, a, on top of Dirty Window? Everything else about the song I thought was pretty good until that part, and now I don't even mind it that much. It kind of fits in, I suppose. So I'm happy with Built for War. I'm happy with that choice. Good riffs. Okay. And, what do you uh, reckon it's like, that vocal kind of thing? The, is it like a choir style, a cappella? What do you reckon that style kind of is? It looks like he just went to a mic and just went, Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's ASMR for the audio listeners. Yeah, somebody make... make do it again. Do it one more time, please. No, sorry. You only get, you oh, get, you only get one oh, chance in this live freeze. You blink and you miss it. Oh. Ah, well. well. Jason? There is a rewind button the moment this goes out. <laughs> anyway, uh, what was your... What was gonna oh, be you want your... me to go? Yes, please. Well, um, let's let's do this for both. I'm going to talk about both tracks here. So we'll talk about Bill for War because we're on that topic. Yep. Um I found the track very awkward, to be honest with you. Not okay. just for the reason Stefan said that little acapella thing at the end but also when he was singing Built for War you know he's just like Built for War he repeats that a lot he repeats that a lot and it's very awkward for me that is Th- awkward I will, I'll agree with Reese on and that so point and so it kind of cancels it out for me because a lot of critics said that it was one of the highlights and I disagree I didn't think it was a highlight because it felt very awkward okay <laughs> and now to Dirty Window um, it's very chunky it's very long but I found solace in the song because really? The um, I'm judging, I'm jury, and I'm executioner too. You can barely hear the tins in that one, and it was quite nice. And then when the chunk comes back, it's sort of forgivable for me. Right. So I'm picking Dirty Window. You're going to take Dirty Window? I'm going to okay. take Dirty Window over Bill for Wall. I thought the drums were a bit more irritating than this one, to be perfectly frank. And I also thought that Dirty Window was a more frantic song than Frantic. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what is Jason going to do that. now? I'll, I'll be taking Built for War because I All thought right. it was better construction. And better Stefan, construction. did you take Built for War as well? Yep. I don't really have anything else to say about Invisible Kid. Really? I have nothing to add to it. It's, Against a, song. Wait, it's so a song. Invisible Kid is the next round. Yes, it is, but we can I'm segue sorry, straight I meant to say, sorry, into Dirty it. Window. Sorry, Dirty Window. Dirty, oh, okay, Dirty Window. Good. I thought if you were going to segue, you were one no, step no, ahead no, of no, me. No, no, no segue. <laughs> All right, so you have nothing to say about Dirty Window. No. Built for War it is. Okay, now we'll segue into the Invisible Kid battle. Well, In- obviously, Stefan's made his opinion on the next round. Yeah, Invisible no, <laughs> Invisible Kid versus Off the Edge. My personal opinion was Off the Edge doesn't really do much to me. It Invis- just has a good riff. I think that's it, really. A decent riff. Not, not, not as a song though. Reese, your input. Um, off the edge was kind of boring, to be honest with you. Okay. So I'm going to pick Invisible Kid because it's a very pulsing song, as well as much as like Dirty Window and Invisible Kid for me are perfectly matched because they're both similar songs. They're both of equal length and they both have the same sort of like idea for them. So I'm just going to say Invisible Kid. Reese, Dirty Window is 5:25. Invisible Kid is 8:30. As it's what similar f- in length. What? What the hell? You must be confusing some songs, man. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. okay. Sorry, so I'm there. thinking of some kind of monster and Invisible Kid. My, ah, gotcha. I do apologize. Yes. Um, so, D- Dirty Window and Invisible Kid do have similarities. They both have the same kind of um, switch. So, they have chunky verses and then they go into softer sort of like... Right. But, so, uh, but I liked Invisible Kid because it had the same energy. It's pulsing energy. Off the Edge was kind of boring. 
Yeah, okay. So you're taking Invisible Kid because you thought Off the Edge was boring and there's a bit of dynamic in Invisible Kid. Yeah. Okay, right. And Stefan, what was your evaluation of the two? Um, I'm just going to go with Invisible Kid because, you know, even though it's a longin, as I'm calling it, a longin, you know, Off the Edge doesn't have anything going for it either other than a pretty good riff, but okay. not a good song. Right. Once again, <laughs> I'm, in the, <laughs> You're stuck. I'm in the situation of I don't like either song, but I've got to <laughs> give a point to spite the other. Because my opinion was, it, my opinion was Hetfield sounded quite off-putting in Invisible the song. I, yeah, I genuinely thought he sounds a think, little off. Think about the lyrics. What is Invisible Kid about? Invisible Kid. I'm not quite sure, actually. I'll quickly get the lyrics up of Invisible Kid on the, on uh, the metal standoff ometer 5000. <laughs> Invisible kid, never seen what he did. Anyway, there's that. Uh, well, he's he's kind of fending off a demon inside of him, I presume. That's what mostly Saint Anger's about. It's about his own demons yeah. on the inside. So, l- lyrically, compared to Off the Edge, it's a step up. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. I Once again, I genuinely thought, I don't like either track <laughs> because they're very annoying. Jason's but stuck. Once again, yeah, I think I would have to go with the two of you and take Invisible Kid because off the edges, I'd rather take something that has a bit of dynamic in it than None boringness, boredom. That's what I'm going to do. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. So oh. it's 3-2 in favour of Super Collider for myself. It is 4-1 in favour of St. Anger for Reese, And it is 3-2 in favour of St. Anger for Stefan. Ooh. Ooh. It's very, very interesting here. Okay. My World versus Dance in the Rain. Easy. 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 What is it? Dance in the Rain. Really? Okay. Um, now, um, I thought you were going to say My World. No, My World's terrible. My um, World, you can't have it. I my World's boring. Okay, I'm g- my opinion for Off the Edge goes to My World. It was boring. There was nothing really special about My World for me. Um, but for Dance in the Rain, I remember listening to Dance in the Rain. Mega Fan was not interested in hearing Dance in the Rain because guess why, Stefan? Is it because it's got the... David um, Draymond. David but Draymond. actually, I think he, he... As far as I know okay. at the time, I know he liked uh, Disturbed's, um, David Draymond's voice, but thought, it's not no, for he the d- song. He just he didn't care for the song, right? Yeah. But he wasn't excited because we told him, like, yeah, David Draymond's on the track. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> but he, he listened to the track, and he didn't like it, didn't he? I can't remember, to be but honest. Because this was in I, 2013, by the I way. Re-listened <laughs> to this, I re-listened to this track, and I fell in love with it because it was it's kind of different compared to the other tracks, apart from Kingmaker, it sort of goes back into metal in this song for me. Especially the last minute. The last minute is insane. David like, Raymond's actual bit. Yeah, David Raymond's actual bit. They actually amped up the riffs. The riff was freaking awesome in that section. I would okay. I would give it to Dance in the Rain as well. And they both both songs kinda have a cringe title anyway. So it's like, which is the least cringiest title? I actually don't know what Dancing in the Rain is about. But oh, well, dance, I can, I can answer that. Yep. So in the chorus, it can all be explained in the chorus, gentlemen. This is where good songwriting comes in. It's all explained in the chorus. You, d- you can just forget the verses. <laughs> um, so he's saying, learn to dance in the rain, not st- wait in the sunshine. So it's basically, learn to dance with your demons. Okay. Don't yep. just wait for the good things to happen. Learn to swim in the bad things, basically. I thought that was a pretty nice touch. Do you know where he found that lyric? Oh, no. I read a commentary of Dave Mustaine describing these songs. Oh, no. And guess where he found that statement from? Please say it's a good place. A fortune cookie. Oh! What? <laughs> have I just Why? Oh, Why does have... he have to ruin this for me? Far out. Wow. Sorry for your ears, listeners. 
Sounds like it was a bad luck cookie then, huh? <laughs> uh, I, I thought okay, it'd be I'm like, still Ooh, inspirational. I'm, my choice is going to remain even though Mustaine chose the lyrics poorly. <laughs> you got it from a fortune cookie? Stefan, does your opinion change because you'd found it from a cookie? Not really. I mean, like I said, both songs are really cheesy. And, <laughs> and I, I wrote in my review, actually, Dance in the Rain had some cool ideas that weren't always executed well. You probably won't care for disturbed frontman David Draymond's guest vocals at the end, as it's really? just awkwardly shoved in. Well, that's why I said in 2013, I don't really agree with that now. I agree with pretty much everything else I wrote in the article, but not that one. I think, I, I think it's the best. It's the best part. It's of the, the best song, part of the song. By, it's by a really far. good part of the album, actually. It's part of a highlight. I yeah, think. the rest of the song isn't as good, but it's better than anything with my world. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to say. I just don't like the chorus. Even it's my world, and it's you can't have it. You can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was. It was it so it boring. Worse. It makes it even worse. Yeah. I thought it. Headfield was almost screaming at some points. Genuinely, do you know what I thought when I listened to My World? What did you think, Jason? I reckon that's where three quarters of the metalcore scene at the time got their sound from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, you've got to make a decision. I do have to make another big decision. Uh, and I'm struggling. I'm really you, struggling. Perfectly. Why are you struggling? Once again, there's songs I'm not fully invested in, and it's kind of, if I'm giving a point, it's not really doing them very much justice. It's kind of just the move along. Mm. Um, well, you, you've listened to both songs, right? Yes, I have. Which one did you find most entertaining? Uh, do you know what? Just because it's more memorable, I'm going to take My World. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. Memorable. Okay. It's, uh, it's uh. more memorable, not for great reasons, but you know what? <laughs> it's, oh, once sorry. again, Dance in the Rain didn't really do much for me, so I have to, for those reasons. Shame. Anyway, well, not shame, but just sh- shame. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It it's is. a shame. But seriously, I genuinely believe half of that metalcore scene has gotten their sound from that song because it's just <laughs> wow. it's bashing. It, it's literally what it is. It's bashing drums, and you're going, "I am screaming very loud." Anyway, I can't <laughs> I can't do that without but, making well, audio sound I'm not, bad. I'm not a fan of metalcore, really. So you like Killswitch Engage? I don't mind Waking the Fall by Avenged Sevenfold. They, the you Kills- like Avenged Sevenfold? Well, Avenged Sevenfold are a lot of genres, I think. Um, yeah. Kill Switch Engage. Uh, it's not that I like them; they're just a band that exists that I I'm aware of, and I don't hate them. Oh, <laughs> that's, okay, that's all I have to say about that. See, you like a metalcore band. There you go. Either way, yeah. Moving on now. Moving. Shoot me again versus beginning of sorry. Now I have a question about shoot me again. Oh, here we go. Do you reckon that some of those lyrics are probably, uh, what's the right word to say, ammunition about the Napster case? Hmm. Bring up the lyrics, Jason. Well, I can mem- recite one right now. Shoot me again, I ain't dead yet. Oh, well done. <laughs> I, that's one. <laughs> um, okay, I... I it's. Oh I won't my. go away. Right here I'll stay. Stand silent flames, stand tall till it fades. Shoot me again, I ain't dead yet. All these shots I take, I spit back at you. All the shit you fake, come back to haunt you. So, you mm. know what? I'm going to... As I didn't, I, I couldn't remember this song at all before I started listening to it in preparation for this podcast. And then when I got to this, got to this song on Saint Anger, I thought, you know what, this is a sick riff, and it's a long song. It is, but it doesn't, seven but minutes. it doesn't matter. It, it it didn't bore me at all. Like I could listen to this, you know, this would be a good song to just chuck in the car and just, um, you know, it's loud. Jam. And, yeah, it's just a good, good. It, it it feels like a song that I should hate and find really boring, but I don't know. There's something about it. I just I just think. I just like it. It just sounds great. So shoot me again is your choice? Yes. And you know what? Back to, to the Super Collider cut. Um, in my review, I didn't talk about every single song on Super Collider. Okay. But you but did about this one? I wrote I wrote this. Oh, no. After Dance in the Rain, I wrote this. 
The rest, such as Beginning of Sorrow, are generic and would be the first songs cut from smartphones when space becomes sparse. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I wrote that. Right. So, Beginning um, of Sorrow gets a mention before its genericness. This is... I was going to... I think I was going to vote for, vote against um, Beginning of Sorrow regardless of what whatever the St. Anger song was. But I actually really like um, Shoot Me Again. Mm. But whatever it is, I would have voted against... Be- uh, beginning of sorrow anyway because this is more like the beginning of i don't care about the rest of the songs on the album yeah um I'm, I'm gonna pick shoot me again okay because um dynamics again is a big thing for me right and the vocals are a bit of a step up in this song i think don't you didn't you find that just like there was a bit yeah. of a nice sweet moment at the beginning when i was doing note taking because i listened to the albums while taking notes so i've got content to discuss in the album and, no- and sound slightly more intelligent than i actually am <laughs> Um, Jason. Well, I was listening to it, and I thought in the pre-chorus, Hetfield had that gritty load voice that he had on the load-reload kind of period of time. Yeah, agreed. You, okay, excellent. And, yeah, once again, I also I think the first riff in Shoot Me Again, it, the change from intro to verse was a bit like St. Anger, the big gritty build-up the stuff, big and build-up, then the yeah, change. Yeah. And is Kirk Hammett doing the backing vocals in there, or is that just Probably Hetfield he- in the back? It's most likely Hetfield. Because I thought I heard like a take a shot or the all the shots lyric. I thought that was said by Hammett, but if it's Hetfield, please correct me. It's probably Hetfield. I don't think Hammett has ever done like backing vocals on anything studio-wise. Do you yeah, know, I don't know. Do, do you know what was funny? When I listened to the title track the first time, you know the flush. You know when it hits the chorus and you hit, you flush it out, you flush it out. You thought that was. <laughs> um, I thought that was Hammett. <laughs> that was that was Hetfield. That was Hetfield. Okay, but. Live, it's Trujillo. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. he's, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Jason Newstead used to do, like, all the backing vocals. Yeah, I think, he did. Or sometimes would sing songs. He would on sing his own, long choruses he's with him. He's a pretty good He was a pretty singer. good vocalist, actually. Pretty good vocalist. Yeah, maybe not singer's the right word, but he's a pretty good vocalist. If you yeah. want to hear Newstead's best vocal ability, I most definitely recommend his um, Project Newstead. Remember when he had oh, that yeah, project that. called Newstead? Yeah. He brought a, an yes. EP called Metal and a record called Heavy Metal Music. There are a lot of songs on heavy metal music that really are very, very enjoyable. I would recommend As the Crow Flies, King of the Underdogs, Soldier Head, and uh, if you want really, really sinister, gut, not guttural, that's probably the wrong word, but like sinister heavy shit, check out Nocturnus too. But back to St. Anger, I would also, unfortunately, I wouldn't go with Shimmy again. I would go with Beginning of Sorrow for Ooh, this reason. For that reason. For this reason. Uh, David Epson had stated that Beginning of Sorrow is laying out scenarios about decisions that begin a fate, a future sorrow. And Mustaine, in a commentary that I listened to, this is how he broke down the three verses. There's three verses of Beginning of Sorrow, and this is how he broke it down. Verse number one is, A mother is pregnant with a child with complications and must decide on either aborting, which would guarantee her survival, or delivering the child and, ha- and dying in the process. Hmm. Verse number two is the perspective of the child growing up in a foster home and verse number three is the child growing up, finding a girl, getting her pregnant, and leaving her, continuing a never-ending loop. On that point, that sounds pretty, you know, that sounds pretty depth That's defined, actually pretty deep. But, but execution was terrible. Yes. Okay. Yes, I agree. So you both are going to go shoot me again? Yes. If, Funny if enough, I'm taking beginning sorrow. All right. Yeah. You I, take you take that beginning of sorrow. I do quite. I quite. <laughs> I quite enjoy interesting and deep storytelling in music. Actually, yeah, Dupe. I think we all do. I think I just like the heavy riffs on yeah. <laughs> on shoot me again. I thought it was also just quite a bit. Yeah, you know, there, there was. It was a bit weird. It, it was weird sounding. It was a bit frenetic about it. It was. Yeah, that was something was I quite enjoyed about too. it. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, this one I'm very interested in learning about because this is actually going to link to a conversation that you mentioned on your Rock Capital show, Stefan, that I'd like to go deep into. (gasps) Sweet Amber versus the Blackest Crow. Oh, yes, this was a good round, this one. I reckon this is a very good round. So I wrote this in the review. Um, So I'm going to go with Blackest Crow. Uh, one of the reasons is, uh, was it Sweet Amber? I can't even remember anything about Sweet Amber. Don't really care. Sweet Amber had a nice intro riff at the very beginning. Before the main riff hits, it's got it's got like this. Dun, 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 dun. That's that's something I don't mind actually. What what I what I like about the black blackest crow. Well, here's what I wrote in the review. The 2013 Stefan says the blackest crow should have been a disaster. It features a prominent <laughs> <laughs> optimistic. It features a prominent fiddle. Yes, that's right, a fiddle. And the lyrical content tells of a broken relationship. Somehow, it works. Unlike most of the album, Mustaine's lyrics don't make me sigh in shame, and a metaphor of the blackest crow is actually quite cool. That's what I wrote. Um, I think the song... I, I feel like, you know, maybe some of the other songs... Whoops. Oh, he's, he's I trying accidentally to, he's just trying turned to turn on, turn on the blackest crow. No, nah, I actually just turned on Purify. Oh, Purify. When we get to Purify, Excuse oh boy, me. oh boy. Yeah. Um. So was it? Yeah. So the blackest crow. Um. I feel like you, super collider. He did it in one day. Whereas I don't know if this is the case, but blackest crow to me sounds like he put all his time and effort into the song. Like he put a lot of time yeah. into it. Because I'm pretty sure, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is about his. He's a stepmother who um, I think was found dead after she went missing. I believe that's what the song is actually about. It's also about a cu- it also uh, linked to her battle with Alzheimer's. Oh yes, well yeah, that's kind of a one thing that leads to another. So I feel like, like I said, I don't know, I, I don't know how how long it took him to make this song, but to me, it's to me what I listen to it. I feel like he really put his heart and soul into it. And he would have probably spent a lot of time in it because there's lots of different elements. It's got the fiddle, it's got the string section. Um, it's it's weird. It shouldn't work. Should have worked, but I think it's a great song. I would actually agree with you too. I'm actually going to take the Blackest Crow as well. Also, because as much as we've been talking about all these songs throughout this podcast, the Blackest Crow, I got to it, and it sounded different to everything else. Yeah. And I liked something different because I was getting a little bit bored going through the songs and not enjoying it. And then the Blackest Crow hits and the the intro riff. I actually thought there was like a banjo sound in it, and I read and I listened to an interview with J- Dave Mustaine saying. He, it's actually something that he called a ganjo. It's banjo strings on the body of a guitar. Oh, oh wow. That's interesting. Though. So he called it a ganjo. <laughs> and that was a really nice addition, and I really enjoyed it. And once again, I'm not a big... F- Mustaine I can put up with vocally, but he sounds a little bit strange vocally in this album. But this one worked out for me. So th- for those reasons and what you've said, Stefan, I'm taking the Blackest Crow. Yeah, he does sound better on this. He, he vocally does sound better than in Super Collider, I think. And like I said, this is... Uh, this pun is not intentional, but this should have been the black sheep on the album. But it's, uh, it's the blackest crow. <laughs> it's probably my. Um, it's probably my song of the album, actually. Yeah, I would on ooh, the same level as that, Kingmaker. Yeah, actually. actually, yeah, Kingmaker and Blackest Crow. I think those I are my say, top two. Yeah, I mean, Kingmaker. Kingmaker is more memorable. It's more of a Megadeth song. But yeah, I agree with you. Blackest Crow is probably right up there. Yeah, Reese, your two cents. Uh, blackest Crow, Blackest really? Crow, all the way because it's very. It's. It actually has probably one of the first tracks to have that sort of dynamic about it, a very wacky dynamic with the ganjo, as he calls ganjo, it. Ganjo, I don't know. And then the strings, and then, um, you know, it's a very dark subject matter, and it's something that relates to Mustaine, so he's obviously going to write lyrics better on this song, I think. Vocally, uh, it was it was really hard for me to get it, 
But I, I, I got used to it over time. Like when I first listened to it with you guys, I was just like, the music's really coming together on this one, but the, oh, damn it, Mustang, your vocals. But over time, I sort of matured to the track. So I feel a bit more inclined to say that this was probably one of the hi- better highlights on the album. It's really rather a Stefan Me- in Megadeth's um, discography, actually. Well, this is kind of unanimous. How surprised are you guys that this, of all songs, is actually one of the best ones, one of the best ones on the album? I mean, I guess, I'm not saying a lot about the yellow songs, but I'm just saying, like I said at the start of that that paragraph or in the review, it should have been a disaster. How yeah. surprised are you? This song is it actually should great. Have been a, it should have been a disaster. I mean, like, imagine that he just wrote about something bland on with the banjo mm. oh. and and the strings, like... Burn, baby, burn. (laughs) (laughs) But in the meantime, we'll just give a little bit of a discussion on Sweet Amber. Okay, this is what I wanted to mention. This is is, uh, an excerpt from the Rock Capital Sludge Match that Stefan, Reese, and their friend Ryan discussed. You were not a fan of the lyric, wash your back so you don't stab mine. I wasn't. You weren't. Neither were you. I don't mind it, actually, all that much, Uh, to be perfectly honest. You know, there... uh, That... Lyric in particular, yeah, I didn't. I still don't like to this day. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I can't. I probably did defend a lot of Saint Anger on that podcast, defending it to the, the brim end. But that lyric, no, I. <laughs> that was probably one of the low points for me. Well, there you go. I'm not giving Sweet Amber a point, but I just wanted to point out a differentiation here because I actually don't have too much of an issue with that lyric. I'm quite. Well, okay. So there's a reason behind that, right? Like, it's just, it, uh, it's it rings just, nice. I, I think it's not too bad, you know. It's a plan of if you wash your back, if you scratch, if I scratch your back, you can you scratch mine. It's like that, um, the balance of uh, trust and all that kind of thing. And I, I thought it was nice, you know. I'm washing your back. I'm doing extra, to, I'm doing extra, you know, work and help for you so you don't inevitably stab me in the back. Just thought, you know, Cause you doubling guys- down so you don't get betrayed. I think this was a key scene in the Some Kind of Monster doco. I haven't seen it in a while, but what I remember was... So he kind of... Do you remember this part, Reese, when he came up with this particular line um, in the doco? Oh, that line in particular? Yeah, I think... Was it like all of them in the same room trying to think of lyrics? I, I'm trying to remember, but I think it was something that... Um, I think he was... They are having trouble with someone outside of the album, something like that. And... Um, then he just came up the, with the lyrics, with the word on the spot. I'm just like, that's not even a great line, man. And then they just go and record it. And that's kind of the problem with, with, with the album, I think, is that all the bad ideas, you know, they, they, kept, they kept the bad ideas. This was a bad <laughs> idea. Yeah, th- like, sweet, this, this song in particular is, it's not the worst one in the album. We'll get to that soon. Um, yeah, we, we all know what we're going to talk about here. Yeah. And um, kind of just like with Beginning of Sorrow, as I mentioned before, I was going to vote against this song regardless of what <laughs> came up against it, most most like because of that lyric and the fact that we actually have a good song, The Blackest Crow. I'm uh, pretty much doomed it to oblivion since we <laughs> Yeah, well, we all unanimously picked it. Plus, yeah. sup- th- this podcast is the reason why I have listened to Super Collider for the first time all the way through. Yeah, that was a big standout. And since doing that in researching this podcast, now in my free time, I do seek out The Blackest Crow. It's mm. really a really enjoyable song. Yeah. Okay, we are coming up to the final three, boys. Oh, here we go. Okay, so we'll just give a quick update on the tally scores at the moment. Oh, boy. For Reese McKenzie of Ascarian, your tally score at the moment stands at St. Anger 6 to Super Collider's 3. Okay. Stefan, it is currently tied at 4 apiece. Oh, wow. And for myself, it is in favour of Super Collider 5 to 3. So Ooh. Stefan's neutral. I'm St. Anger. 
I'm and Jason super collider, and, yes. yes. Which so, is interesting because on the uh, the Metal Sludge Match podcast on Rock Capital, the idea was that we we had sort of like um, defending an album. It was like um, you do the opposite. You say why the album that you picked is the worst, and the one you picked was the Saint Anger one. Recently. So you have to spend the so, entire podcast saying why you hated it. Why I hated Saint Anger? Yeah. I no, no. You were I, defending it. I would. I defended Saint Anger. But it wasn't my topic. It Ryan was. Oh wait, sorry. Yeah, that's Ryan, right. Ryan yeah, was. Yeah. Sa- attacking Sananga saying why it was the worst. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I was the, uh, Metal Machine that's music. That's right, yeah, sorry. And Ryan <laughs> didn't like my reason for hating Metal Machine music. Okay, yeah, you did movie. defend Sananga. Yeah. All right. All right, So next with round. the scores being updated, this one, uh, this one I'm very intrigued by what it could be. I feel like it could be unanimous, but you never know. Mm. The Unnamed Feeling versus Forget to Remember. Yeah, this was easy for me. This one's very easy for me. I can't even remember a single thing about Forget to Remember. <laughs> really? So it's okay, so we're going to go unanimously unnamed feeling. I'm getting this. Yeah, yeah. unnamed yes. feeling, yeah. There was nothing to really remember about Forget to Remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was really hard to say. <laughs> I say unnamed feeling because I believe that is song of the album. Oh, really? Yes. That's that's a good choice, I have to say. That's a good choice for album of album pick. But yes, cuz the way I think of it um, a lot of this album, for example, Shoot Me Again, My World, Dirty Window, even even Invisible Kid, because I don't enjoy that song. A lot of that, it's loud-ass drums with a very irritating tin can sound, and James Hetfield doesn't sound like he's all there. Unnamed Feeling, in my opinion, has a brooding riff, and it has a bit more of like a sinister, psychedelic feel. Yeah. And a lot of what I can't stand about St. Anger has been scaled back. Hmm. Oh. Like how badly scaled back? Oh, it's been scaled back to a to more tolerable level for me. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can enjoy the song and seek it out numerous of times. I'll have to agree with you. The Unnamed Feeling feels like it's a step above a lot of tracks, maybe. for um You know, the chorus is really booming for me, actually, on Unnamed Feeling. You know, when he screams the, the title of the track. Yes, The Unnamed the Feeling. Unnamed feeling. That, that really was a goosebumpy moment for me. That is, yeah, once again, brooding, brooding sinister. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I have nothing to say other than that it's more memorable than Forget to Remember, or whatever it's called. I don't remember its name. <laughs> well, we did Forget to Remember because it was Forgetful to Remember. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. Sorry, Mustaine, but it's true. All right. So that that is taken out, too. I'm not looking forward to this let's next update round. The, let's update the scores now. Five to four for myself in favor of Super Collider. Reese McKenzie, seven to three in favor of Saint Anger, and it's now five to four for Stefan in favor of Saint Anger. Hmm. I'm looking forward to this. I feel like yeah. Reese and I are going on the same path on this one. Yeah, uh, purify okay. versus don't turn your back. Listen, this was a hard round for me. Why? I didn't like either of these tracks. I don't like either neither. of them either. So this was a hard thing to choose, and I chose don't turn your back. Okay. Now the reason I did it because I wanted to pick. Purify because turn turn your back sounded a bit oh, Jimmy. I have nothing to say about it in my notes. There was nothing to say. I what about even the much. commentary? Uh, uh, no, there was nothing. Not much in the commentary. I think See, it, it, it's a pretty I mean. broad topic. It's I would admit it. It's yeah. a fairly broad topic. It was broad, to, but you know, friends don't turn your back on your friends. Purify was just sludgy, and not even good sludge. It was just like mud sludge. Just like you get a bunch of mud in your mouth, and that's. Purify. Right. It it didn't. There was no satisfying moments in Purify for me. And, and the drums are back. And the drums are back. And James Hetfield sounds quite dire. And the lyrics really 
there's nothing better. There's nothing there, so I had to choose Turn On Your Bad because it had the gym feel. At least it, that got consistent about it. Purify is my least favorite Metallica song. Really? I've worked Ever. out Purify is my least favorite Metallica song Ever. out of everything. Yep. Wow. I don't think Metallica would agree with you. Really? <laughs> Probably not. I'm going to go with Don't Turn Your Back. For, wow. Oh. <laughs> for one reason only. That's because I don't care for it at all. But when I listen to it, I'm just like, mm, this one's got some energy. It's got some Megadeth energy. Yeah, it's, so that's it's, the only reason I'll go for it. It's exercise Megadeth, basically. You yeah, can just yeah. run. You can run to it at least. It's like, oh, we need, we need, uh, we got one more song left. Let's, uh, okay, what, what do Megadeth do? We do that. We do that. Yeah, people would like this stuff. Okay, there you go. I'm like, right. yeah, it's good enough for me. Okay, so this is where things are going to get very, very interesting. Final oh, so song. You voted for Don't Turn Back. I voted. You? I only go went with Don't Turn Your Back because I really don't like Purify. <laughs> it's That's it's fair another enough. case of I don't like either song. What can, How do I give a point to spite the other one? Mm. All right. And oh. last and probably least, let's be perfectly frank, mm. All Within My Hands versus Cold Sweat, a Thin Lizzy cover. This is an easy one for me. This is an easy one for me too. Is it? Yes. Thin Lizzy cover, Cold Sweat, easily. It's a great cover. Reese? All within my hands. All within my hands. They did an acoustic cover of it recently, right? And, and I that enjoyed was a, that, that cover. That was a brilliant cover. Hmm. But I, I, I want to keep this on the album version of the song. Yep. Is that fair enough? Go go ahead. Now, if you bring up the lyrics, Jason, and just yep. have a nice look at them, then they're not really, you know, it doesn't look like there's much, right? So we're just going to bring them up. Yeah, yep. on, it's coming on up the, and they're it's loading. Coming up. Here we are. It doesn't look like much, right? Or maybe it does, but... Those lyrics are really good because it's all about the power and it's all about the power in his hands, basically. It's just about, like, um, you know, what he has the ability to do when he gets angry. You know, it's all within my hands, basically. It's it really about... It's about his demons, essentially. It's about his anger, sort of, like, what he's able to do with these two hands. And, you know, I really think that's, like, him being really, like, honest and really, like, poetic for me. So I felt like that was a step up over Cold Sweat. Now, don't get me wrong. Cold Sweat was a great cover of the Thin mm. Lizzy song. But I also felt like, uh, I get the feeling like they just ran out of ideas. You think right. also, I guess, All Within My Hands would get a vote in its favour because it is an original song and not a cover. Yeah. So there's a point in that, in that favour. It, it's a very weird song as well. It's very biz- like it's all it over is. the place. It is. I'm not sure if I enjoyed the, the very all over the place nature. In fact, when I was writing the notes, it's like, for a verse, the first half sounds good. I wrote it like a chemical equation for some <laughs> reason, but that's how we do it. Verse, first half sounds good. There's a dreamy music interlude, and then the second half isn't as great because then Hetfield just really lets it out. Because he does let it out. In the he verse. does let it out, but I, I, I kind of felt it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I kind of felt it. I really enjoy the part where it's in the chorus, and he's really letting out. Hate me now. Yeah. Kill all within my hands. Hate me now. That. It's really raw. That's right? very raw. I when I was writing these notes, I didn't enjoy it, but I must admit it has started to grow on me in as I've been listening to it since, and I would actually take all within my hands. Ooh, wow! It's now, grown on me. When we listened to it, we were just like, "Oh, oh my god, this is a great cover of Cold Sweat." Like, and it is. It was a great. And cover. I saw, and I played it live as well at the at that Megadeth show that I um, said earlier, and it was performed well too. I think it. Uh, it's he uses his strengths in the in the cover as well. So you know, it's not like in Super Collider where he tries to sing, sing. You know, he's he's 
he his vocals he growls really low and it's quick um and the the riff sounds they sound really loud yeah i mean obviously obviously it's a heavier version of it and the guitar solo sounds great too so you know it's pretty, it's pretty much everything i wanted out of a megadeth cover of a classic rock song you know that's fair that's so fair. i'm going with cold sweat all right no worries. Um, just one final thing on All Within My Hands. Yes, it has grown on me, but I know you wanted to talk in the context of the album version, but I would take that acoustic version any day. Oh, don't get me wrong. That acoustic version is brilliant. Right. And it sort of gives the song more sense. You know what I mean? It's like it, it cleans up its structure as opposed to the experimental yep. one that was displayed. And there's on... a small, interesting, intricate solo in but the by Hammond. I had that moment where it grew on me. And it's still growing on me as we yeah. speak. So it, it has that weird effect on me. It I don't has know. this weird build. Yeah. Like you can feel the tension, you can feel the build, and then he just releases it and you feel it too. Yeah. It's like a resolu- that's why it gets strong me, resolution. That's why it gives me my point because it's an original song compared to the cover of, on Megadeth. Yeah. And it's just it just feels like something that they're actually taking a risk. on the, I guess actually, so. Actually, Stefan wanted to bring up something about that. I'm not a big fan of the Kill, Kill, Kill the, part, unfortunately. The two um, albums compared to each other, like the risk factor. Oh, yes. But well, we'll bring that up after the scores, I okay. think. But then again, Megadeth already tried risking. What are you talking about? They came up with an entire <laughs> album. This, this is actually something clever he came up with. Okay, like, right. Uh, trust me. But uh, just one more fo- thing on all within my hands. I'm not a fan of the kill, kill, kill part. The kill, kill... Oh, yeah, the kill, kill, kill part. Not a fan of that. <laughs> okay, I can understand why, but still. But for any everything before kill, 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 that's what's going to give it the point. Okay, we have reached the end of the battle. Okay. The final standing is four... Stefan Bradley of Rock Capital and of Player One and of former EP of Mosh Pit because you're the Sin MVP. Yeah. <laughs> he genuinely is, isn't he? Yeah, he is. All right. No it doubt. is Super Collider 6 to St. Anger's 5. So that's one point to Super Collider. Whoa. That's one Ooh. grand point to Super wow. Collider. For Reese McKenzie, mm. St. Anger 7 to Super Collider's 4. So that's a grand, that's another grand point to St. Angus. So we're one apiece, and I, unfortunately, why, as me as host, having the deciding vote, I don't know. It's very tense. It's mostly Super Collider, I'm going to guess. St. Anger 5, Super Collider 6. Yeah, there you go. Your winner, and least worse out of Metallica and Megadeth's worst album catalogue, 2013's Megadeth Super Collider, with two, to, two grand points to one. Yeah, I don't suck as much as the other crappy album. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Did you, you obviously saw that coming, didn't you? Pardon no, you. I didn't know what to expect because it's it's not an easy choice because, um, actually, I'm going to let Stefan explain this because um, he can explain yeah. it better. But well, now that St. Anger lost, I can finally say that St. Anger made me St. Angry. Very much so. <laughs> you and said that on the other podcast. <laughs> I know, but I have to, I just, I'm just saying, I have to bring it up. And now that it's lost, I can say it again. Um, so I think what I was saying to you when we were chatting the other day, Reese, was um, the fact is Super Collider, something that I guess works in St. Angus' favour in this sense, Super Collider was always supposed to be a radio-friendly album. That's why they wrote the way they did. I remember hearing that um, Dave Mustaine, he wanted Megadeth to be as like big commercially as Disturbed. Um, well, so- he got the sink of Disturbed on this album. <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. And he was... So he de- they, he deliberately tried to make this song more radio friendly. Right. Um, there are parts that do sound like it could work on. It could. They're trying to get on an action movie soundtrack. Yeah. Well, the the title track is a great example of that. I think at least with um, Sad Anger, you know, Metallica was accused of s- selling out and all that stuff. This one, they kind of, in a way, get back to their anger 
angry uh, thrash metal roots in a way. Obviously, it's very different, in and they kind of yes. they kind of ride the new metal thing, you know, with not having guitar solos. But there is you can't accuse this album of being radio friendly because you know all the songs are long. It's the production is ugh, and um, you know the, the, some kind of monster single, like you said, cut in half. Whereas you know Super Collider was written um, for you know, to be more commercial. So there is something that you can respect about Saint Anger in that fashion. However, the problem with Saint Anger, the problems with any Saint Anger song affects every song. So the bad production, the um the tin can drums, it affects all the songs. Whereas at least in Super Collider, you know, they don't have that that problem. All the guitars and drums, all that sounds great. Obviously his vocals, Dave Mustaine's vocals, is hit and miss on some of the tracks. They but, sounded a bit off. Yeah. Yeah. But Kingmaker, you know, Kingmaker, it sounds like a great Megadeth song. It's, an it's a un- typical set. It's song. an uneasy winner, I think, on this. Yeah. But you have to praise Metallica for, you know, taking the risk the way that San Anger does. You know, you'd rather people take a risk, even though the Tin Can drums didn't sound the way they want to. It sound like crap. At least they gave well, it a go. It didn't sound the way fans wanted it. Well, to. yeah, that's true. At least they gave gave it a go at least they tried to make something completely different whereas Megadeth their aim was to try something completely different it was to make a mainstream album that would chart and I think it actually did sell kind of well for a Megadeth album yeah on that point like I compared to what it is you know what everyone says St. Anger is you know the worst thing they've ever heard in their life Um, but for me it's you know I think for me, I can find solace in Sananga compared to Super Collider more so. That's probably why it yeah. gets much. It's a landslide victory for the... Its sole grand point has come from you landsliding Megadeth, Reese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I just found more sweet points in it than Super Collider. My view is, is that both albums at some point blend into one, so any of the good tracks have to sound considerably different. Yeah to really stand out, which is why I really enjoy Unnamed Feeling, which is why All Within My Hands has started growing on me. The Blackest Crow, as we've discussed earlier, Stefan, that's probably my biggest gripe with both of these albums. They have, you know, Megadeth have got great instrumentation. I'll always say Metallica's my favourite band, but I'll always admit that Megadeth is technically more proficient on their instruments and they sound great. But it all blended into one at some point for me. Yeah, they seem to be match and match for some reason. Well, I mean, track-wise as well. Like, yes. But, and everyone has a, sort of the same opinion about it, sort of. Like, imagine if St. Angle had a better production. Like, mm. there were guitar solos and there were no tin can drums. Well, all you have to do is uh, go to listen to some of the live shows which yeah. they played these songs and But I'd also solos. like Hetfield's vocals in a better place too. You know what? If you actually go on YouTube, there's a band who covered the whole album mm. with... You know, better production. No tin can drums. Okay. They cover the whole thing. Sounds brilliant. All right. Well, do they cut anything? Like, are the songs the same length? Yes, they're okay. the same length. We'll go find it for you, and we'll put it on our Facebook page. Lovely. Facebook.com forward slash Metal Standoff Pod. Now, uh, is there any any final thoughts on these two albums? Just give them both a listen, and uh, know that you'll probably only find like three or four songs that you like. And know that your opinion will probably be in, you know. Someone will have a different opinion to yours, basically. Hell, if you love these two albums, let's let's find out why. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. We'd love to. We'd love to hear that kind of discussion. It'd be very interesting to. I think it would be too, because like these two bring up a lot of discussion amongst the metal community. Because they do. 
the big two, basically. They do. And it was during a period of time where they started going into down a road that fans were like, hang on, is this my Megadeth? Is this my Metallica? Considering the load, the reload, Garage Inc. and S&M road. And uh, Megadeth, they were ret- they were on their way back up after the whole alternative cryptic writings risk period and then Delfson's lawsuit. I think they started to came come back, sorry, excuse me, um, with Endgame. That was a really good Megadeth uh-huh. album. And then they yeah. had 13 with the return of Alfson, Yes. Which was like, oh my God, Alfson's yeah, back. Because he had uh, filed a lawsuit against Mustaine Yeah, at the he time. did. And they thought, like, this is a big point for Megadeth. Like, you know, the classic lineup has two now, basically. Yeah. But then they do Super Collider, which is like the, oh, really? Yeah. Point. But luckily for both bands, then their follow-up album immediately preceding these two albums are looked at with greater praise. Uh, Super Collider was preceded by 2016's Dystopia, yes. which actually won them their first Grammy. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was a very embarrassing moment. That's, that's because embarrassing moment of the Grammys. Because of the Master of they Puppets. Came down, yeah, the Grammys orchestra came down playing Metallica's Master of Puppets when Megadeth won a Grammy Award for their album Dystopia. But it was a return to form with yep. a brand-new guitarist, Kiko. I can't remember um, his last name. He and a w- new drummer in... Uh, oh, Lamb of God, um, Chris Adler. He played for Lamb of God there, Chris Adler. Whereas Metallica, they returned in 2008 with Death Magnetic. That was a brilliant album. And that is quite like enjoyable. It, it kind of have a similar problem with St. Anger with the production being a little bit... Because, um, you know, it's a bit distorted. Was, yeah, but, but the live versions of every song yeah. sounds great. So I think both of those albums do need a reissue. Um, remastering, you think? Like, reissue, remastering, a whatever. replaying, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'll they'll re- like um, and justice for all. They'll keep remastering that, but it still sounds the same to me. Yeah. Like okay. from, so I think they won't really fix much. They'll just keep it the way it is. If they even remaster it, sorry to bring the episode down. That's so. okay. <laughs> well, I was gonna. Well, at least we were about to end it off on a positive note. Yes, we have just reviewed probably arguably two of their work, two of the greatest metal band's worst albums. But they responded with great albums immediately following that, and you cannot fault that. Anything to plug, Stefan, as we go off? Yeah, um, so Rock Capital, which the Rock Capital podcast, which is on facebook.com forward slash Rock Capital pod, same on Twitter. And uh, uh, we, did, we recorded an episode with you, Jason, which, yeah. uh, um, which I'll be putting out soon. And um, yeah, and I also do the Player One uh, which is a video game show on Sin, facebook.com forward slash player one sin. That's S Y N. Monday nights at 8 o'clock. Monday nights at 8 o'clock, yes. So get to your digital radio or FM radio or tune in app or sin.org.au to listen to it every Monday. And Reese, you are a bass player for Ascarian, and I hear that you are currently recording at the moment. Correction, we have completed a recording. Excellent. Okay, so, tell us all about it. So. Book your diaries, even though we probably don't do personal diaries anymore in this day and age, but book your calendars on your smartphones, people, for July 21st, a very important date in Iscarian's calendar for a new single shall be released. And you're going to love it. And you've also got an EP out on iTunes and Spotify, The Pinnacle of Neglect. We do, we do, we do, we do. But the most exciting thing is the new single. Excellent. It's a really good single. We were recording for like a week up in the country. And we had a great time recording it. Uh, we got a couple of uh, packages on the way for the fans of Iscarian. Nice little behind-the-scenes packages, if you know what I mean. No, all right. Okay. Thank you very much for both of you coming in. No worries. Thanks no for worries. having us, Jason. Great chat. Thanks very much. So, there you have it. The winner, and therefore least worse, Super Collider by Megadeth. Now, I don't personally enjoy these albums all that much. However, in my humble opinion, humble opinion, only a personal opinion, not 
It's not fact, it's just opinion. If you want to hear some songs off these albums that aren't all that bad, I would recommend St. Anger, the title track, The Unnamed Feeling, All Within My Hands, and on the Megadeth side, Kingmaker, The Blackest Crow, and you know what, even the beginning of Sorrow, that one has grown on me since recording. Big thanks again to Reese and Stefan for taking part in today's battle. There was plenty of discussions made on today's show that have been expanded on from discussions on his podcast, Rock Capital. So be sure to check that out, facebook.com forward slash rockcapitalpod and omni.fm and iTunes and Spotify. He's covered all grounds. He's a master at what he does. Plus, there is an episode where yours truly had a great metal sit-down on Rock Capital, so be sure to check that out, facebook.com forward slash rockcapitalpod to support them and check out all their podcasts at omni.fm, iTunes, and Spotify. Now, as you can probably tell, this episode was recorded well in advance and Reese was telling us about his band Iscarian just wrapping up recording of a brand new single. Well, ever since we turned the recording uh, button off in the studio here at the Great Metal Standoff, about less than a week later, Reese and Iscarian released a brand new single and it has earned them some much-deserved exposure, landing them a spot on Triple J Unearthed. The song is called Envy and it is available on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify and Bandcap. Go have a little listen to it and tell the band what you think of it. Do you enjoy it? If you do... Be sure to show even more support to them by giving them a follow on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Iscarian official. And with that, that's all she wrote for another episode right here on The Great Metal Standoff. Thanks very much for listening. Megadeth can walk away saying that they were at least less worse than Metallica's St. Anger. You can catch all of our other episodes of the show at omni.fm or sin.org.au. And to stay up to date with the show, be sure to check us out at facebook.com forward slash metalstandoffpod. And if you just want to use the at key, it's just merely at metalstandoffpod. Plus, if if you are a local musician, artist, band member from our wacky world of rock and roll, punk, metal, or anything in between that qualifies as distorted rock, metal, distorted guitar, loud drums, it could be anything, please do give us a contact. We would love to hear from you. You might have a potential... Um, album to have you got any battles for us I could use some more battles to take on board be sure to let us know at metal standoff pod or facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod that's all from me thanks for listening over and out and metal up your ass